everyone, and welcome back to Do We Hate It? I am, I guess, your host, that's what we're calling me, Brenda. Today we're doing The Princess Diaries, both films. Jess and Jordan, would you like to say anything? Um, this was my pick. Yes, it was. Uh, we're going to take turns picking movies, and it was my turn, and I picked this. It was a solid pick. That's <laughs> all I got to say about that. I love these movies. Jordan, do you have a shout-out to give? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shout out to our international viewer, Kelly, who's having a birthday in two hours. It's not her birthday in America now, so I'm not going to wish her a real birthday. <laughs> also, viewer? Viewer? <laughs> Listener? I don't know. <laughs> I also want to give an update for everyone. Everyone who listened to the last episode might remember about how I said that Jordan was a fan of Grunkle Stan and Gravity Falls, and then and she was like, I didn't mean it, and... Now I have to say that Jordan does, in fact, stand Grunkle Stan, yeah. doesn't she? Okay, we finished the show, and Grunkle Stan is my favorite. I do, <laughs> I support him. That was correct. I feel vindicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On to the Princess Diaries! <laughs> let's go! So let's move on to um, our first question here. While we were watching the movie, we had a lot of lines that we really loved. But what is the best line in this franchise? Oh, man, if I knew you were going to ask us that, I would have taken notes like you did. I would have paid better attention and not played Did you write any down? The first one that comes to mind is the author. I don't even know the full line. The guy, like, writing while Julie Andrews leaves. Yeah. He's like, the queen didn't stay for tea. What the, is it? The elegant European women didn't stay for tea, but the promise of tomorrow hung in the air. Why do I know that? <laughs> because it's, it's so great. good. Oh, my God. My favorite one is... What's your favorite, Jess? I, I get mine. My favorite, actual, it's not like a funny one, but it's when Joe, it's in the sequel. Can we talk about the sequel yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's in the Either sequel one. when he's confronting Lord Devereux, is that his name? After the horse thing, and he's like, fear is not in my vocabulary, and he goes, no, but it's in your eyes. Ooh, that's my favorite dramatic. line. It's not like the funny lines, but that's Joe's that's gonna what get him. I, I that's like what, that one. Yeah. Um, my favorite, like, no, I like when the kid's on his phone and he's like, yes, mom, I'll go to the dentist for school. <laughs> I am a big fan of lines, mostly Mia's lines, like, somebody sat on me again, and um, the uh, the one about let's add a tiara or whatever, how's it go? What is it where she's talking about? Like, I'm already a freak, let's add a tiara. It's like yeah. the sound bites from the trailer. Yeah, but like Mia had some great lines that like were me as a teenager. Well, yeah, that's why they made her the trailer because she had so many good lines. They were like, "This is why you're gonna watch this movie." I, I like the really one-off ones where it's like, "Oh, somebody cover the tube," like, <laughs> or like, "Oh, I like um, when the principal is like, the queen is coming." Oh my god! <laughs> to <Grove> high school. <laughs> I'm sorry, we don't have finer china. <laughs> There's so many good. Lines. There are. There's. I love- I think of, like, the kid that bully, like, the bully lines are so, like, oh, Maya and Mia. (laughs) Lana got code. Lana Lana got got code. That's so good. Mia lips. I still think that's, like, the best burn I've ever heard in my life. Oh, God, there's so many. If people haven't watched this movie in a couple years, they're going to be like, what? Well, then they should, because they're fantastic. I really liked after um, Mia stomps on... Mm-hmm. Nicholas's mm-hmm. foot. His uncle goes. She's training to be a flamenco dancer. 
<laughs> I, this isn't even a line. Now I'm just getting into my favorite moments. But I love where, like, Mia, there's a moment where they have no ruler, I guess. And the two people, <laughs> I know we're going to get into it later, but the two, what are their names, Brenda? Baron and Baroness Von Choken. Yeah, when they're like, well, I guess they're going to take the throne and they stand up and they're like, <laughs> we accept! <laughs> and they're like, sit down! I love that. That's a, that's a good line. What's the, the best friend is getting in the stang. What is, you know what I'm talking about, the guy that yells? Oh, yes. I don't like him very much. What? Yeah, I never really appreciated him. I mean, sorry. I don't necessarily care for him as a character. It's just a good moment. Stop. I'm not out here running his fan club page. <laughs> Next week, we're going to have to do an update on that. Hey, and Jordan will have a fan club page for the random character in Princess Diaries 2. Perhaps. <laughs> um, oh, I like when Lily's like, Voltaire, hair. I personally would like to learn more about Voltaire. Yes. And Mia's like, thank you, as if she really did something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait for me. Not you. I don't even know you. Yes, that's, good. that's a good one. Oh, I know. When the nuns are trying to get on the phone with <gasps> yes! the Yes! And they can't, they're like, they get put on hold. And she's like, oh, for heaven's sake. She goes, oh, for the love of God. That's, that's what it, it is. Yes. That's what it is. Oh, that's good. And of course, we can't forget, shut up. Excuse me? Shut up in the States can mean, gee whiz, golly. <laughs> I love that. And I love when the queen in the second one is like in parliament. She's like, shut up. And they're all just like, <gasps> that's my favorite. I, everything is my favorite. I'm <laughs> sorry. I love this movie. I can't run a country. I couldn't even keep my goldfish alive for a couple of days. Oh, and she's like, I can't hit the ball. I'm a girl. She's like, what, am I a duck? Yes! All the dialogue is just perfect. It's really well written. Like, re really well written. I don't actually know who wrote it. Now I want to find out. Let me find out real quick. Yeah. Is Zendaya here? She is! <laughs> wow! Oh my god. She just like, walked in. She just walked in right now, elegantly into the room. Look at her. Amazing. Jordan's not going to be able to focus during this episode now, because oh, no. the day is here. Oh, okay, so back to the topic of who wrote the movie. Gina Wentkos. It was written by a woman. Good. That's fantastic. Tell. And she wrote, wrote both the first and the second movie. Intellectual. Love that. Okay. Glad I answered that question. Last episode, we discussed which Twilight character we each are. Which Princess Diaries character are we? Oh, man. Man, Brenda, you're stepping it up with these questions. I don't know. I think I would relate most to the principal just in awe of Julie Andrews. <laughs> like you are right now with Zendaya. With Zendaya sitting right next to me. Yeah, it's just like staring at her like... <laughs> Sorry, we don't have better china. <laughs> Offering her a paper plate and a red solo cup. <laughs> I feel like Jess, maybe you could be Raven's character in the second one. Oh, to be held by Julie Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I feel like that could be you. None of us are Lily, that's for sure. See, I thought maybe Lily, but then I remember I hate her. But I mean, you have some similarities, but you're not... I mean, we do both have a podcast that nobody listens to. <laughs> a TV show. Ah, sorry. She <laughs> a podcast and a TV show. It's even worse. And you're right. We have, like, three people listening here. Molly, Kelly. Hey. My mom made it through five minutes. Wait, she did? Yeah. Proud of her. I know, right? <laughs> okay, who am I? 
belong in Genovia. That's just, in my mind, I'm like, yes, Brenda's from Genovia. Oh, I would love to live in Genovia. We'll get to that, though. So she can be, like, a citizen of Genovia. Oh my gosh, you could be, like, the lady who, like, runs all the gossip in Genovia. <gasps> oh my god, what's your name? What's your name? I wrote down her name! Elsie? The lady who's like, oh, the princess is getting out of the car! <laughs> and she runs, like, she just runs basically the her people magazine. Her name was Elsie. Elsie, you I could be Elsie. I said that. Said what? Elsie is my Oh yeah. Name. Yeah, her show is called Eggs with Elsie. Yes. Oh, Brenda, you're Elsie. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Did you decide I was Raven? I don't know if I I don't like know if that. she's Raven. I think... Let me think for you. It's hard, because these are such, like, you, like, characters that I feel like nobody really mm-hmm. is. Like, it's like me reaching to try and think I'm Sandra Oh. <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah. Um, this is a hard one to pitch, Twilight. There's not really any normal people in these movies. They're all just so extreme, like... You could be like, oh, wait, what's the coach who's like, when the girls all, like, freak out, she's like... Mm. Oh, it's a ball, not a snake. Yeah, I feel like that's you when me and Brenda no, are like... No, because that's Sandra O's line. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay, But what about the other coach? What does the coach say? <laughs> what am I, a just duck? the coach. <laughs> the what am I, a duck line that we were just talking about? Yeah. Well, I guess we're stumped then, Jess. I'm sorry. Audience, what I mean, do you yeah, think? Cast your votes. <laughs> if anybody has an opinion, tell we us. We need to open up a forum of some sort. Wait, Zendaya, do you have one? No, okay. Okay. Zendaya doesn't know me well enough. <laughs> Fair. We just met, so. <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe Julie Andrews is back for our Princess Diaries episode. Well, because she was here for Twilight, and she's very busy. She's only here to announce the fact that Princess Diaries 3 was happening, and then True. she had to go back to her very busy life being... Julie Andrews. Yes. Um, can I be Fat Louie? <laughs> yes, yes, you can be yes. Fat Louie. Of course. That's yes. what I would be, is Fat Louie. a dream. <laughs> Why have we not carved out a chunk from France and given it to Julie Andrews to rule yet? Because the world's not ready for something that pure. She needs to be a queen. She was born to be a queen. She's a fantastic queen. She already queen. is a queen. She's Julie Andrews. But she needs her own country. It doesn't have to be big. I don't think there's a single country that deserves her. That's why we make a new one. For her. But how? Like, what's the criteria going to be for getting to live there? Because none of us deserve to even breathe the same oxygen as her. There will be a strict application process overseen by Julie Andrews herself. She gets to pick who lives in her country. Yes. Well, all of us are going to fail because none yep. of us deserve it. You don't know. Julie Andrews is very benevolent. She might take pity on some of us. Gonna be on Especially an island that she owns, in our- hand <laughs> rested alone, <laughs> in- surrounded by enormous piles of money. In our current political climate, she might take pity on some of us and let us join her country. I mean, I'm all for it, but you know, you know I nice still little- think we deserve it. I think. Yeah. I think I would be a great subject of Julie Andrews' country. Thank you. I know I don't deserve to breathe her air. Like genuinely, I don't even deserve to be alive at the same time as Julie Andrews. <laughs> You're so self-depreciating. No, I just recognized the gem that is Julie Andrews. I mean, yeah, but... None of us deserve her, period. Next question. All right, I still think she deserves her own little piece of France made into a country. All right, here's a big one. Oh, boy. Michael or Nicholas? Nicholas. Nicholas. Next. No, because I prefer Michael. No, yes. we know. Yeah, but they you're don't the know. Only person. No, I'm just kidding. You're not the only person. I'm not the only person. But I just find Nicholas very bland. <sighs> Nicholas is bland. I'm gonna try what not to yell Michael at this part. Do? But... Oh, 
Okay, to be fair, I'm biased because I have read the book, so I... Well, we're talking about the movie. I know, but he's very sweet in the books. Fine. Let's just discuss the chemistry difference between Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine and Anne Hathaway and Michael. There are, like, literal fireworks when Chris Pine and Anne Hathaway talk. Like, they're chef's kiss divine. The other two are just, like... Wah, wah. I mean, yeah, I guess there's not a lot of chemistry there. I'll admit that, but I don't, I don't think Nicholas deserves Mia. It's called enemies to lovers. Yeah, but there's a way to make that work, and I don't think it worked here. No, because okay, now we're gonna get into this conversation. Here we go. Okay, here's the thing though. He literally like thinks he's doing the right thing in trying to help take over Genovia because he doesn't really think she's worthy. And then he gets to know her and gets to see her and for the amazing, wonderful person she is. And he steps back because he realizes that she's this amazing, beautiful creature. And it's so beautiful and pure. How can you not love that? Because there's an element of, I don't know. There's just an element to it that makes me very uncomfortable. Like some of the things he says to her, even as he's supposed to be like falling in love with her, are still very like, I don't want to say misogynistic, but they make me uncomfortable. Do you have, like, a specific... Like, after the thing with the horse, he, like, goes in there to basically gloat. And by this point, he's already supposed to be, like, falling in love with her. But he's still, like, gloating and, like, the whole joke, if we had another leg, maybe we'd be able to catch it. And, like, Mia's, like, crying her eyes out. And Nicholas is there to rub salt into the wound. Are they supposed to be in love at that point? I don't think they are, because they're still... Is that after the parade? No, it's before the parade. It's right before the I parade. I think that's the thing is, I think the parade is the first moment he really, like, sees. That, in my opinion, the parade, like, when he sees her with the children and the work he wants to do with the children is when he's like, huh. Because what's, didn't, wasn't he just raised by his, like, creepy uncle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't really have... I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad person. I'm just saying I don't like elements of the relationship between them. They... They just make me uncomfortable. Well, that's yeah, but fair. He goes past that, and he realizes how great she is. I, yeah, but I think it's too little too late, in my opinion. I disagree, and so does Mia, so... <laughs> um, we don't know who she's going to be with in the third movie, thank you. Uh, Chris Pine, Chris but Pine, Chris, Chris Pine, Chris... What do you think, Zendaya? Oh, yeah, Chris Pine. Okay, <laughs> Zendaya is not going to speak on this matter. See, she's not speaking. <laughs> anyway, can't with this running. Okay, we need to leave Zendaya out of the conversation from now on. Yeah, leave Zendaya out of this. So she's just gonna sit here in silence. Got it. And vote for Chris Pine. <laughs> Anyways, next. No, because I'm not def- done defending Michael yet. Because I love the idea of the whole he saw her when she was invisible thing. I think that's really sweet. Like when everybody else was like sitting on Mia because I didn't see her, and Josh is being a jerk. Michael still liked her, even back then. Like, it didn't matter after she got the makeover or anything. Like, when she was nerdy and awkward, he still appreciated her, and she I think She didn't that. like him. Like, that's the thing. Is like, if, if she had liked him, that'd be one thing, but, like, she only kind of likes him when she's like, oh, he likes me? I mean, I guess. No. Like, she sees, like, the good points of him. She's just so, like... She's just so hung up over Josh that I don't think she notices, like, the good things he's been doing, and then... She 
just like Michael. That's what that is. I don't know why I'm singing Listen, it. Listen, <laughs> it's fine for what it is, but, like, Nicholas didn't know her back then, so... Yeah. It's not really fair to compare that. I mean, I don't think Michael and me are, like, the best relationship in any film. I just like them better than Nicholas because Nicholas rubs me the wrong way. Well, we'll see That's... what happens in the third one. It's a valid opinion, but you're wrong. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, We're we, all we entitled to our wrong opinions, okay? Do you even know where that comes from? It uh, comes dance from moms? Dance Moms. Yes, it does. I just making that. sure. I can see Nia's mom right now. What was her name? Um, Holly. Holly. Dr. Holly. Yes. Oh, she was a doctor. Yeah, she was. I'm not going to get into Dance Moms. The most <laughs> mom out of them all. I loved her. Ugh. She's great. But yeah, we are both fans of the enemies to lovers dynamic. <laughs> I am normally, but this one doesn't work for me. Boo. It's okay because Zuko and Katara don't work for me. Okay, okay yeah. boo to that. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I Ugh. love enemies to lovers, but that is just not one of my, it's not my cup of tea, and that's fine. She's out here like an ang, as a character, disgusting. Okay. <laughs> Next. You're the only person that hates ang. Um, I feel like not enough people talk about how cute Joe and Queen Clarice are as a couple. Oh, they're perfect. Fantastic. I would die for them. They're just so, like, he just loves her and respects her so much, and he protects her, and they're just so I, pure. Like, I don't know the full actual backstory, but, like, they were in love, right, and she had to marry the king. I don't right? think they, because it's not in the books. Okay, but that's what I gathered from the, like, she wanted to marry for love, but she didn't and married the king instead. I kind of interpreted it as she was arranged to marry the king first, but, like, they obviously weren't in love. They were just very close friends. And through being queen, she met Joe. And then she's like, oh, this is what love is. And then after her husband died, like, they got closer. And then Joe says, you've been wearing black for too long. Yeah. Lives in there. I still like to interpret it as, they maybe not in love, but they definitely liked each other before she got married. And then, like, he was on the security team for her, basically, and, like, because he didn't want to leave her, like, lose her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like to think of it that way. It's open to that interpretation. We've never been given an answer. That's true. Maybe I just think will. they're so cute. They are. They're dance in the first movie. I like how they just, like, take over the wedding that she's already planned. That brings me to another line that I love. The, um, when they're about to get married... And the queen goes, I know this is last minute, but you are all already dressed. I love it. <laughs> oh, you're so perfect. And when he's like, oh, I would get down on one knee, but my knee replacement. Oh! oh old people. Oh. <laughs> no, not old people, just Julie Andrews. Oh, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. And Joe. Is Lily a good friend to Mia? No. Not in the first movie. No, not at all in the first movie. In the second one, she's fine. Yeah, she's great in the second one. I feel like she's grown a lot. I think great is a stretch. I think she's fine in the second one. That was a fair word. The first one, she sucks. No, she was so annoying in the first one. When she's like crying, or when Mia's like sad about her dad or something. She's not even sad, she's just kind of disgusting her feelings. And Lily's like, hey, didn't that happen two months ago? Like, why aren't you over that? I thought you were over that. That's horrible. Her only defense in the first movie that is at least she realizes that she needs an attitude adjustment. That's true. She doesn't really work on herself until after the first movie, but she does clearly work on herself in between movies, so good for her. I hate when she's like, 
the whole time she's telling her not to be the princess and then Mia's like, well, I'm not going to be the princess. And she's like, what? But I want you to be. I'm like, how are we supposed to know that? Come on, Lily. Honestly. Her one, I will say her like redeeming quality in my eyes. I love the fact that her show is named Shut Up and Listen. That is so <laughs> funny. You would have named the show that 1, if you could have. percent yes. I mean, Mia was a jerk when she didn't actually cancel on Lily and went to the beach anyway, but, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, yelling at your friend and your friend starts crying and you're still just talking about yourself and, like, not even noticing? Awful. Like, when she's in the car, like, she got just got her hair and makeup done. And Mia's literally sitting there in tears and she just keeps rambling. What a jerk. She's awful. Genuinely, I... I do not like her. She's not good in the books either, now that I'm thinking about it. She was not a good friend. Like, Mia had other friends in the books that were way better. Mia deserves better friends. She gets better friends than Lily, but they didn't put them in the movie. She does meet Chris Pine. I'm surprised you guys aren't bringing up that Lily is the one who encourages Mia to go climb down the window and see Chris Pine. Yes, because in the second one, she's a better person and she realizes... That uh, Nicholas and Mia were meant to be together. She ships it. Good for her. And she's not bitter about Mia breaking up with her brother, so also good for her True. there. True. But he's almost no- he's not mentioned past like the first minutes of the movie because they realize now we have Chris Pine. Michael, who? Never heard of him. I feel like Michael would have stuck around if they had had a bigger actor for him to begin with. But then they're like, wait, we have a budget now. Let's hire somebody better. Or. They realize the enemies to lovers' excellence is where it's at. Whatever. Okay, so, how do we feel about Mia's dad? Does he have an excuse for barely talking to her her entire life? This is a loaded question. (laughs) I I realize that now. I Hmm. think, didn't her mom not really want her to talk to her dad? She didn't want her to be anywhere near that kind of life. Um, they did say that, yeah, they didn't want her to know she was royal. But But, he could have at least written, like, postcards. Yeah. Didn't he, like, send her a gift every year? Just a gift on her birthday every year, yeah. But, like, not much else. I don't know. It would have, like, I probably would be like, oh, he's an awful dad if they weren't, like, financially supporting Mia. But obviously they're able to live in a firehouse in San Francisco. Like, they got money. And she goes to a private school. But, like... I understand why the mom didn't want him around because obviously there's no way for, like, him to come into town without security and, like, I get it. Even though, like, in a fictional world, I'm like, yeah, he sucks. But in the real world, I'm like, okay. He could have called her. He apparently he, like, barely ever even called. Like, Lily literally says, you know, a phone call every once in a while would have been nice. And they, like, if it took place now, I mean, they could literally, like, FaceTime. He could set up a fake, like, one-bedroom apartment in the palace to be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm poor. <laughs> You're not royal. Don't worry. Um, but, no, I get it. But it just does suck that, like, in the movies he dies and she doesn't ever get to know him. Like, that really sucks. Yeah. But at least, like, they've got the whole thing with her, like, looking at her dad's portrait and saying she wants to be like him, which I think is... It's kind of sweet, I guess. And there's the diary. He writes the diary. That's true. I just, like, I feel like all parties involved were doing what they thought was best at the time. But and it they probably doing, wasn't. It probably wasn't, but they weren't setting out to try and hurt Mia. Yeah, I think that's fair. But the reason I bring this up is because, again, going back to the books, her dad's actually alive in the books. Um, 
but he, like, got remarried and just decided he didn't want to acknowledge Mia as, like, his child anymore, but then he finds out that his new wife, well, actually, what happens is he gets cancer and he can't have any more children, and so he doesn't have any kids with his new wife, and he needs an heir because, you know, he's royal, um, so he's like, well, I guess I'm stuck with Mia, and that's the reason he even, like, starts talking to Mia again. Her dad is awful in the book. Yeah, that's crap. Yeah. Um, The movie version is, like, much better than that. I have nothing against Mia's dad in the movies. Yeah, they improved on him a lot by killing him off. (laughs) Fair. And then Mia's mom is the coolest, right? Yes, absolutely. I I love Mia's mom. I want Mia's mom and Charlie Swan to be best friends. <laughs> I think they would get along so well. The what crossover with, of a century. What is with you and random parents in these movies? I just love them. I love Charlie Swan so much. He's such a good father, and she is such a good mother, and they could just be the power parent duo of the century. It's better than the math teacher. I mean, he's like a non-character, really. And he's not a math teacher. He's a debate teacher. Oh. <laughs> See how irrelevant he is? We're just like, okay. He's the one, like, when Mia fails because she, you know, runs off stage during her debate and the mom's got to talk to the teacher and be like, hey, don't fail my daughter. Oh. And then they meet at that parent-teacher conference and then he asks her out on a date. You think, like, they were talking for the first time. He's like, so your daughter almost puked in my tuba. But... <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, wow, how romantic. Well, he was a single man who... Wasn't tattooed, pierced, or hair plugged, and those are hard to find. Charlie Swan is all of those. Okay, um, I'm not talking about Twilight. Why? We already did. We can talk about Twilight as much as we want. We thank you. Okay, I'm not talking about Twilight. I'm talking about Charlie Swan specifically. No. One lives in San Francisco, and one lives in Forest, Washington. There's a couple oh. states in between there. There's a thing called eHarmony. <laughs> Well, you know, oh God, in the dating profiles, it would just be Mia's mom like in front of all these art things and like in a museum looking at exhibits, and Charlie Swans would be him like fishing <laughs> and like holding a beer. <laughs> I don't see how you think that they match up because I don't see it. That's another story. That's another day. I don't think Jordan really believes this either. No. She's just sticking to it. He's I do. Really in my head, like, she could go visit forks and, like, paint the forests and stuff. And Charlie's just like... Paint the forest? Yeah. Oh, like... Like, paint. she's a painter. She's, she's a... gonna paint... Not actually paint the oh, woods. She doesn't seem like a very landscapey artist, though. She's very, like, modern art. Like, she's... Her and Mia are literally doing, like, the Woodstock, like, paint-filled balloons dart thing. Like, no. she's modern abstract art. She's not going to be painting so forests. I don't think it's going to be, like, an actual realistic painting of the forest. I think it's going to be, like, crazy colors and it'll be all blur. I don't know the art terms. I'm not an art student. I was homeschooled. But it would be really, really cool and inspirational and Charlie would just be like, nice. <laughs> I don't I don't see this at all and I feel like this is another Now I'm, like, like, really into this concept but we gotta keep moving. We gotta keep <laughs> Well, going. anyway, back to her mom being cool. I really wish she'd been in the second movie more. Yeah. Yeah, she's really not there at all. No. Until the end and then she doesn't do anything at the end either. And I mean, I guess Julie Andrews kind of takes that motherly role. But it would have been nice to have both her mother and her grandmother there to, like, support her during this entire, like, arranged marriage process. But she was pregnant. You can't travel when you're pregnant. I mean, yeah, that's the excuse they gave, but they didn't have to actually do that. True. This is not a real person here. What point did that have? Like, 
Yeah, there was for her Jenny. to be pregnant and have a child. What was the reason? Besides the fact that she does, in fact, have a kid with the debate teacher in the books, I see no reason why they had to do that. They're trying to follow the canon. You just said they have a kid. Okay, but the they follow the canon when it suits them in these movies. She barely even gets to see the wedding. She makes it. No, she makes it. She doesn't see. She doesn't see Mia's wonderful speech. I mean, as cool as the mom is, if you had the choice between that lady and Julie Andrews, you're okay. gonna hang out with Julie Andrews. I mean, yes, fair. But it would have been nice to at least have had Mia's mom see her wonderful speech. Okay. She would have been very proud of her daughter for that speech. She would have, but for me, it's not really a big deal. Like, I like her mom, but I don't know. I think the movie is pretty perfect on its own, the way it is. Yeah. I wouldn't call it perfect, but it's good. I would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Flawless. We kind of talked about this with the lines, but let's get more into it. The best random side character in these films. Okay, can I give one for the first and one for the second? Yeah, that's fair. The yeah. first is the guy, the neighbor, who's writing the book. Okay, yes. yeah. Or the screenplay. What's he writing? He is a soap opera screenplay writer. Okay, so that guy is my first choice. The second movie, Abigail Breslin. I don't oh, know. no! Why? Where she's like, I can't, I'm too little. <laughs> I hate the way she waves. And while they're, like, walking through the streets to Kelly Clarkson, I think that's amazing. And she's waving with both hands, well, like... Well, first... No, no, no. She doesn't do that at first. First, she's got, like, her thumb in her mouth, and she's like, I'm too little. And then, like, 20 seconds later, she's like, I'll spread my wings. And she's flat, like, both hands are waving. I hate it! I hate it! Well, that's exactly what a child would do in a parade. Come on. I wouldn't have. Gotta wave to both sides of the crowd. Orphan. She's an orphan. She doesn't know how to wave. Watch the princess right in front of you. She didn't have parents. Watch the princess right They're in front dead. of you. Waving. This is a podcast. Thank They're not going to be able to see you waving, Brenda. Thank you for being here today. Brenda is waving her You know hands. how long it took me to learn that? Yeah, she doesn't have a coach. I learned very quickly after watching the movie. Thank you very much. Okay. You can watch the it princess was, and imitate her. It was like a 10-second interaction, okay? But the princess is right next to her. She can look up she's at the princess. She's not looking at the and princess. She's why, are we, at the- why are we attacking <laughs> Abigail Breslin for waving? She's a child. <laughs> you brought it up. There's some other good side characters. Um, I like the Baron and the Baroness. Yes. Principal Gupta, obviously. Yes. Definitely. Um, the man and wife who are like, I think it's String Chief. I don't, like, we just watched these movies and I don't even remember what that when is. When there, there's a statue that Mia has um, broken the, the finger off of and the, like, the couple is, like, touring, like, the Genovian embassy or whatever. Okay. And, like, the tour guide goes, and Genovia is famous for its cheese. And they look at the statue with the finger in his mouth and they're like, I think it's String Cheese. That's pretty good. Oh, oh my god, Charlotte. The Queen Secretary. Oh yes, Charlotte. That's You're like who? who? That's her name, Charlotte. Ah, I love her. Who's Charlotte? <laughs> when when Charlotte like full on just like ships Joe and the Queen and just like backs out of the room when they're dancing. She has taste. <laughs> like she knows. And oh my god! And then during the wedding when she's got like the little earpiece so that Mia can talk to the Queen about and oh she's so great Charlotte actually has so much depth as a character like what do you think about it yeah. she really cares about the queen and her family and, and she gets 
when she's crying during the coronation. Like, that got me. Doesn't she join Parliament? Yes! She becomes a member of Parliament! And another thing I really love is that she's played by Gary Marshall's daughter! That's cool. For those who don't know, Gary Marshall directed both films. Suki Sanchez, the reporter in the first one. You know how there's the the Elsie in the second Mm -hmm. one. Oh, and she's like, is that the one where she is reporting and she's like, she's doing a wet grudge hairdo. No, oh, that's Maggie somebody else. from The Nanny? No, that's somebody else. Suki Ch- Sanchez is the one who's like, she's there the rest of the time. She's like, after like the beach party, the, she's like, and maybe our princess partied too hard and stuff like that. Oh, what a jerk. No, no. She's like this weird like California girl, but she's also a newscaster. Mm-hmm. And like I said, she's like the, um, the Elsie of... The second movie, but okay. she's from California instead of okay. being vaguely European. Her. I love Suki Sanchez, and I really love that she shows up in the second movie for the wedding, and she's like, and I'm Suki Sanchez, here to cover a story that started in her own town of San Francisco, and she's like, there at Mia's wedding! Yeah, that's a cool callback. Well, we haven't even talked about Mandy Moore, who's not a side character necessarily, oh, but... I don't really Stupid think Stupid Cupid, stop it, you know me. Is that I mean, she's yourself? awful. Oh, yeah, she's awful, but she's also great. It's so funny that she went on to be Rapunzel. Isn't that, like, one of her first roles in The Princess Diaries? Well, she was a pop star before she was in The Princess Diaries. Good her. I don't know any of these That's why she sang, because (laughs) she was already a pop star. Oh, okay. Well, what songs? Did she have any songs? I don't know. I was... Take it away, Brenda. It was the early 90s, and the only thing I was listening to in the early 90s were Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Because I had bad taste and didn't realize NSYNC was superior. I was listening to the Disney Channel version of Mambo Number no. 5. <laughs> Speaking of Stupid Cupid, I love how um, one of the movie surfers has a cameo in that scene. Yes, I do remember And it was that. supposed to be like a big thing for like the Disney Channel audience, and now like nobody even remembers who she is. Nobody even remembers the movie surfers. They're like, the what? I love the movie surfers. And also that particular movie surfer was also the um, enemy Marnie in the Xenon movies. Mm. Who's the worst character in the franchise. Not Mandy Moore, but she is pretty awful. Oh, no. Yeah, Josh. Josh, for sure. He's awful. He's not even cute. He's not. He's not, and he's so into himself. He's so basic. Like, I literally don't see what Mia sees with him at all. Like, even in high school, I would have been able to be like... Uh, no. And I was pretty stupid in high school, but I would have been able to tell that was not it. Yeah, you know what I mean? same. I do like when they call him a Backstreet Boy reject. <laughs> Isn't it Joe who calls him that? I think so. I think Probably. it is. Um, but also awful Nicholas's uncle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but that's like an obvious. But he's, like, he's I, the villain. I, yes, but he's the kind of villain that I absolutely despise. Like, I just want to punch him. Yeah. I really want to punch him because he's so awful. I still want to punch Josh more. Like, Same. I mean, I want to punch them both pretty equally, to be honest. I don't think I could punch Gimli. Who's Gimli? Oh. <laughs> he's from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that went right over both my uh, enjoyment uh, heads. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's fine. Somebody else might get it. Y'all need to watch Lord of the Rings. I tried. You know I tried. She just hates Orlando Bloom. That's why. Shut up! <laughs> show the other day with his dog and I'm like why can't you do that all the time and not Katy Perry the makeup the fashion the makeover scene the closet scene we gotta talk about them because I love them all they were good yep, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay Jordan 
You were like raving over the makeup and, and the fashion in this I'm whole movie. I'm trying to remember. It was just 2000s makeup, which was like bomb. Blue eyeshadow. Frosted eyeshadow. Was oh, that yeah, it's like frosted. Yes, that's what. Are we bringing that back? Butterfly clips are back. I saw those in Walmart. Girls were like, oh my god, these are so like vintage. The poncho. The poncho. You oh, the yeah. Poncho. I really wanted, like, after, there's a scene where Mia wears a poncho in this movie, and second I wanted movie. it. Second movie. I wanted it so bad. They had one at Limited 2 that <laughs> looked nothing like the one Mia wore, but I was like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what Mia wore in The Princess Diaries 2 because it was poncho. And I wanted it so bad. And then my friend got the poncho and not me, and it was, like, heartbreaking. I had a pink poncho. It wasn't exactly that color of pink, but it was pink, and I think I had it before I saw the second movie. So I was just ahead of the times. I never had a poncho. Were wow. you even a child in the 2000s if you didn't have or want a poncho? I didn't even have a plastic Disney poncho. Mia's gown at the end of the first movie, that was gorgeous. Gorgeous! The Queen's gowns. All of the Queen's gowns. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, everything Julie Andrews wears. She could Beautiful. wear literally a trash bag and I would be like, ugh! Amazing, because I'm sure she would find a way to make it look gorgeous. Mia's pink suit in the second movie when she stomps on Nicholas's Yes, yeah, she looks yeah. so good. And her green suit when the when she's chasing after the chicken, but the makeover scene. Here's my thoughts on that. I don't like the what's his name. Paolo. Paolo's so freaking Seems annoying. To be Paolo. No, not that Paolo. <laughs> Different Paolo. You're right though. Paolo's but annoying. Paolo's just yeah, trash yeah. across the board in yeah, Disney Channel movies really apparently. Is. <laughs> because like he's the one that leaks the info about Mia, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In public. He trash. Outed her. Trash. Which is trash. A weird thing to way to phrase it. Yeah. I don't know. He bothers me, and I hate that like he basically calls her ugly before because she definitely wasn't. She was still gorgeous, but. Okay. Well, you know that trope. Put a pair of glasses on them and a wig, and suddenly they're ugly. Honestly. And her brows, like, when they were, like, the before brows are so in right now. <laughs> I was watching, and I was like, I'm so jealous of her brows. I hate the way he treats his assistants. Yeah. That, too. And the whole, the cucumbers, they do nothing. That's a lie! That's a lie. He's just condescending. He really is. I love a good makeover scene. I loved that scene as a kid. I would watch that scene over and over I will say, as a kid, I thought those scenes were great because, especially in the second one, I like that scene where he's like, she's like, I look like a moose. And he's like, but I like a cute moose. Like, all oh, the boy moose go, wah! I thought that was so funny. Charlie line. Exactly. And I really thought that, like, <laughs> defined comedy as a child. I was like, ah, that's so funny. And her closet. God, I want her closet. Yeah. Could have been bigger. What does your closet look like, Jordan? Well, I'm not a royal. What do you think royal closets look like? Bigger than that. I don't know. I mean, the fact that she had just that remote that just would take out all the tools and the sunglasses. And that is so early 2000s. Everybody talks about Hannah Montana's closet, but no. Mia's closet trumps Hannah Montana's closet. No, I would still say, like, prefer Hannah Montana's Ew, closet. Ew, no. It's got that rotating. It was bigger. It was bigger. It had the rotating, like, Mia's closet floor. was huge. Not Hannah's was really. bigger. Hannah's was Hannah's way was bigger. It had a couch in it. And so did Mia's. But like a real couch, not just like a little lounge Mia's chair. Mia's closet was classy. True. Audience, make sure to cast your vote. Hannah Montana's closet or Princess Mia's? And the answer is Hannah Montana's. I was always a bigger fan of Mia's closet. Thank you. I like them both for different reasons. I don't know. I just feel like it would be more fun to hang out in Hannah Montana's closet. 
This is such a weird conversation See, to have. But but I would be more likely to dress from me as possible. Let's be real. Okay, the actual clothes in it, we're not really talking about. I mean, I think, I'm talking about both. I okay. think this opinion you and I both have right now is very reflective of our personalities. Like, I want to hang out in Hannah Montana's closet. <laughs> you want to hang out in the Princess of Genovia's closet. Well, yeah, I, I mean, really do not care. That's you too. Yeah. I just, I want to be a princess. I want to be a princess. Oh, I her room. Okay, yeah. Fair. And with the closet attached? Yes, yes, yes. I just want to live in a palace. I mean, same. I want to live in Genovia. Yeah, same. So badly. I want Julie Andrews to be my grandma. That too. I mean, I got a good, I pretty good grandma. I want to marry Chris Pine in the end. Oh, I don't. I have, I also just don't find him very attractive. I'm sorry, guys. He's very bland. I suddenly have to what? leave. I just don't. I'm sorry. Zendaya and I are packing our bags. <laughs> She's still here? <laughs> no, Jess said she had to leave. <laughs> She's very busy, too, just like Julie Andrews. Okay, so in the books, Mia's grandmother is, like, awful. Like, super mean, super strict about the princess lessons. Mia hates her grandma. Aren't we all glad they changed that? Amen. I mean, how can you have Julie Andrews be an unlikable character? Well, I feel like they wouldn't have cast Julie Andrews as the grandma if they were going to go that route. She was an unlikable character in Despicable Me. She plays Gru's really? mom. Yes. I've not seen... No, I have seen Despicable Me once, and I did not enjoy it. Did you hate the mom? Because that was Julie Andrews. I hated the minions. Well, yeah. Anyone? I don't really remember that movie. Yeah, honestly, I blocked most of it out because I didn't like it. I need to run down. No, I remember Vector in his orange suit. His little jumpsuit. I remember the minions. I remember Steve Carell stealing the NBC sign, like the Jumbotron from New York. That's all I really remember. But yeah, they probably would have cast somebody other than Julie Andrews as the grandma if they went that route. Like, who would it have been? Judy Dench. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay. This is my first, what first Actually, comes to mind. Actually, you know who would be fun? Like, I love her, but she'd be fun at it. Um, Maggie Smith. She would have mm. been a fun, mean grandma. Ooh, that would have been a good one. We're just, now we're just naming all the dames. Yeah. <laughs> all the dames. The dame club. That dame club, though. I would love to hang out with the dames. I would love Julie to hang out in Hannah Montana's closet. Okay, we're past that. You wouldn't be able to fit all the dames in Mia's closet. You could have fit up. I'm sorry, but all the dames would fit in better in Mia's closet than Hannah Montana's closet. They would look in place in Mia's closet. Which is they why would... I want to see them in Hannah Montana's closet. <laughs> and also, if we go to Hannah Montana's closet, Dolly Parton's probably in there. Okay. And imagine the dames with Dolly Parton. <laughs> okay, honestly. Dolly Parton is a dame in her own right. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. Um, I rest my case. Oh, okay. Best song on the soundtrack. My childhood bias leans towards <laughs> I'll spend no! <laughs> I was gonna say that's a joke. <laughs> I would like drive my mom would drive me around, I'd listen to it on my iPod shuffle and I'd stare oh. out the window and pretend I was in a music video. That was like my childhood. Okay. I'm so gonna say the song at the end of the first movie. Miracles happen? Yeah. yeah. Miracles happen. Okay, I'm not singing anymore. Oh. No. Hey, you got me to sing Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> um, okay, so Yes, Miracles Happen, but also I adore the song, I think it's at the very beginning, when they're like, scooter into school, when it's like, I'm Supergirl, yes. and I'm here to save the world, but I want to know 
who's gonna save me that's a good one yeah i love that song love that song and i think there was a music video for it on the dvd that was a good one that's such a like 2000 things music videos on the dvds yeah like i remember um actually it even happened on vhs tapes Back then, because I remember my copy of Rugrats in Paris had the Baja Men's Who Let the Dogs Out music video at the end of the VHS tape. Do you guys remember Dig a Tunnel by Raven? Yeah. In like one and a half. And this was around the same time. Yeah, that was so good. Oh, Raven. Oh, I should I should mention my claim to fame now that we're talking about Raven. I opened for a Raven Simone concert. Fun fact for all of you listening. That is my one brush with fame. Okay, well, maybe not my one brush with fame, but my biggest brush for, with fame. The thing that could have led me to Disney Channel stardom, but it didn't. I was in an elevator with Robin Williams one time. Okay, but that was not going to make you a Disney Channel star. Maybe it would have. Maybe maybe not. We'll never know. I mean... here's, here's the thing. <laughs> if I had not been running late to National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets, <laughs> you might have discovered me and been like, please be in my next movie. <laughs> Night at the Museum. <laughs> Two or three, depending on the timeline. It would have been one. One? Well, I don't know. Did National Tra- I'm not going to do the math on this. <laughs> Me neither. But come be in the next night at the museum, Jordan. You're great. <laughs> and I'd have been like, I'm sorry, Mr. Robin Williams. I'm running late to National Treasure Book of Secrets. I have to go. I- Riley Poole needs me. The other good soundtrack song I wanted to talk about, actually speaking about Raven, um, her and Julie Andrews singing together. Yes, that's yeah. such a sweet moment because that's like the first time Julie really sang after. That was the first surgery, time. Right? Yeah, that was literally the first time she had sung in a film after her voice was ruined it's by a stupid so doctor. Depressing. But the song is so good. Imagine what we could have had from Julie. But also, they probably would have put her in Cats, so maybe it's a good thing. What am I saying? <laughs> cut that. Cut that. What? They would probably probably try to make her old Deuteronomy. I mean, so I would take that if it meant we had her voice back. Yeah, Jordan. Okay, yeah, you guys are right. Fair I realized change. what I said. Cut all of this. Do we feel like there's a significant difference in between the first movie and the second movie as far as like tone or anything like that? They fit pretty well together. I think so. See, that's where we disagree here. I like. Don't get me wrong. I love the second movie. The first movie felt really natural and really, like, they were just trying to make a movie out of these Mad Cabot books. And, like, they stumbled upon something, like, really, like, fun and great. The second movie feels like they're like, wait a minute, Disney Princesses, that's, like, a big franchise that's, like, currently really, like, coming up in the world in, like, 2005. And they're like, we can market this. Girls love princesses. And so there's scenes in the movie, and it's not the whole movie, just certain scenes the sleepover seems a big one, where it feels like they're really trying to be like, buy our princess products. You want to be a princess? Mia's a princess. You can be a princess like Mia. Buy our Disney princess products. We disagree on that. I see it differently, because this is five years later, and she's in Genovia ruling her country. Of course it's going to be more princessy, because she's actually in her kingdom doing things. No, absolutely, and that makes sense for most of the movie. But and there's... the title is The Princess Diaries. Yes, like... I'm not... And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I'm saying there's two specific scenes. The sleepover scene and the parade scene. Where it feels like... Okay, it's hard to explain because 
there's a lot of research I can get into this about, like, the kind of marketing like Disney Princesses was doing at the time. But it feels like it was very much like the executives were like, we need you to put these scenes here because we want little girls to feel like they can be a princess like Mia so that they'll buy our princess merchandise. Well, why is that a bad thing? Little girls it's not, not a bad thing. It's just weird to me. It I doesn't think... feel as natural as the first movie. No, I think that that's very much Mia's character. Like, in the first movie, she's autographing all those little girls' pieces of paper. Like, yeah, she's very I know. much cares for children and wants anyone to feel like they could be anything. And yeah. I, think that's in- I just feel in the second movie, it feels a bit more forced. Like, there was more executive meddling. And, like, okay, so the thing it reminds me of, and this is really obscure, but in Pocahontas, there's that scene where Miko braids Pocahontas' hair. Yeah. And it's a little weird. Um, the reason the scene's in there is because the marketing people, like, the merchandise people had already designed a doll. Like, Miko braids Pocahontas' hair, and they're like, hey, guys, Put the scene in the movie. We want to sell this toy. And I love that scene. I, didn't I know, even know that but toy also, existed, but I love that. Scene. I just, I just feel like there was a little bit of Princess Diaries too that had some executive and marketing meddling that was meant to sell princess toys, and that comes from somebody who was very into princesses as kids and adored Princess Diaries too. But there's just a little something about the second movie that feels a little bit forced to me compared to the first movie. Okay. To me, the only difference in tone is that the second one feels a lot more polished and, like... Bigger budget. Yeah, bigger budget. Like, it's just... But I I almost... It's just also a difference in location. Like, the first one's in San Francisco, it's this city, and then the second one is this... She's in a palace in the kingdom. Like, it just... That's a different kind of tone, but that's the only real difference that I've noticed. But I almost prefer the unpolishedness of the first movie, because it feels... And I guess it's the same as what we were discussing last time with the first Twilight versus the Twilight after that. There's, like, a a more unpolished feel to both of those that I just enjoy more. They feel... I hate to use the word they feel more authentic, but I can't think of a better word right now. It's fine. I think that after, what, it's a five-year time jump, Mm -hmm. obviously her life is going to be a little more polished. She's come into this role of being a royal, like... I think that makes sense. Yeah, personally. I know. But I just to each their own. I just think there's something about it that just feels kind of forced. And as a kid, I, I ate it up. But as an adult who's done a lot of research into Disney princess marketing and, like, the process behind making these Disney princess films and how the Disney princesses became a franchise in the first place, I see these, like, little undercurrents, like, in the second movie that I don't see nearly as much in the first movie. Yeah, you may be right that it's there, but, like... To me, it it works for the second movie, so I don't care. Oh, yeah. I don't... It's not like I think it's a bad movie. I just think the first one is better because I don't detect that undercurrent as much. That's fair. I think I like both movies pretty much equally. Yeah. Like, normally I would have a preference, but I think they just really fit together for me. That's why I like them as a package. Hmm? Why is Genovia so into... Arranged marriages, like, so much into the 21st century. Like, the fact that Andrew was saying that every single marriage in his family has been arranged, even his parents. And, like, his parents got married, what, in the 70s? And they were still doing arranged marriages? Yeah, that's kind of weird. Also, the whole misogynistic thing of, we can't have a queen without a king, like, that was... Yeah, but... a little late to be... I will say this. There were still countries with similar rules to that up until, like, the year 2013. Okay. So, like... But that, it wasn't as in, that's not as intense as what Genovia has. No, that that's absolutely fair. Yeah. 
But I'm just saying, like, I can see the precedent for that, at least. Mm -hmm. But what European country was still having arranged marriages in the 70s? Genovia. Apparently just Genovia. Like, there's a lot of good things about Genovia, but apparently that's one problem I would have with living in Genovia. The other problem with Genovia is nobody has a consistent accent. Yes! And I think I even have a question about that. Would we want to live in Genovia? What kind of accent would we have if we did? Um, I would like a Scottish accent. <laughs> like Elsie! Yes, just because. The homeland. Um, <laughs> I think I would bring an extremely southern accent to Genovia. Oh, no. I don't think oh, we I heard, could just do that. I don't think we heard any of those in Genovia, though. You'd have to be an immigrant, and I don't know how Genovia feels about immigration. Obviously, they're going to be pro-immigrants, like... Well, I guess with Mia as queen, absolutely, yeah, yeah. because she is an immigrant. Exactly. Um, I, w I was just picking out one that we had heard in the movie. Yeah, but I, I guess Jordan had to come creative. up with our own. <laughs> well, um, how else we're we going to come up with our own accent and make it the official Genovian accent? Like, no, I just no, mean, I mean, like, like bringing it outside when yeah. we hadn't heard yet. Oh, okay. Of all the accents we heard, we had French, we had Italian, we had Spanish, we had Scottish. We, we had, had Abigail Breslin, whatever that was. <laughs> I'm too so lethal. That was supposed to be Italian. Uh, supposed to be? Yeah. Uh, yeah, German. We had, because the Baron and the Baroness have, like, a German accent. Um, we had a little bit of everything. But, yeah, I would, I've already said I would love to live in Genovia. country. I would love to live anywhere that's not America. <laughs> Fair Maybe enough. not anywhere, but. A lot of places. Genovia with Mia as my queen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's and move. Genovia is such a cute little country. Oh, yeah. Like, it literally. <laughs> Gary Marshall joked um, in the commentary for the second movie, he's like, so one day Europe was going to make a Hollywood backlot so that people could, you know, film movies in Europe. And then Hollywood was like, wait, no, let's build a country instead. But they already built part of the backlot, so they just made it part of Genovia. And I love that about Genovia. Yeah, that's cool. It's so, so cute. Like, it's so obviously fake, but it's like the Disney World kind of obviously fake that you'd want to live in. Yeah. Um, but my accent, yeah, I'd have to go Scottish. I feel like Hollywood feminism kind of, like, peaked with this movie, and then we didn't move forward, and we really should have moved forward. And this movie's fantastic, but we could have done so much more. Birds of Prey yeah, just birds came of out. Prey. Good point, yeah. though. But it took us so long to get there. We didn't move, we, we didn't branch off of this. This was a fantastic movie. I mean, look at the ending when the women are joining Parliament and everything, and that was, like, empowering. And then, like... What happened to that energy? I think we got some stuff. Not much. We got frozen. Mm -hmm. Not the same energy. Yeah. Well. Different kind of feminism. Yeah. yeah, but I just, this is great. Like, the women can rule and women in positions of power. And, yeah. like, that's why I liked The Force Awakens so much when it came out. Because I wasn't really into Star Wars at the time. And then, like, Rey was a Jedi. When you we never seen a female. I mean, we have, but not in the movies like that. Yeah. And I like connected with that, and that made me happy. But you're right; there wasn't hasn't been like a lot. Yeah. Like this movie did really well, and you think people would have been like, "Oh, hey, girls like when they're told they can be powerful." I think it did it well, and it did it authentically in a way that wasn't like, "We are feminism." For the most part, like, yeah. There are a couple like, parts for maybe a little bit forced, but like I said, it's still good. Yeah, like exactly. one scene in Endgame. And that scene like, in Infinity War, yeah, where they just continue to think... War, it's girl power, but it's very forced. Exactly. Also, um, speaking of 
Marvel and um, tokenism in Marvel versus Princess Diaries. The part of the Princess Diaries where they're going through the potential princes and stuff, and they're talking about the one guy, he, and, they're, and they're talking about plays the harp and whatever, and then Joe goes, and his boyfriend finds him very handsome too, and they're all just like, right on! That was great! I loved that. And nobody talks about it because they're too busy. I've okay. seen it on Tumblr a couple okay, times. but like, t- people are too busy applauding like, LeFou in live action Beauty and the Beast. We have not talked once about Stan Lee showing up for no reason. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that is really weird. I really just think he loved doing cameos. Like, I think Princess Mia <laughs> was supposed to save us from Thanos. <laughs> Jordan, I agree. You're just as bad as the people who took that line from the Queen Clarice about I did a lot of flying in my time and like tried to relate it back to Mary Poppins in some convoluted way. No, because that's like garbage. My theory is facts. That's how we're different. My theory is that he just loved cameos. Maybe. I really want to know. Like, I guess we'll never know. I can't ask. But... I mean, you can ask, like, the Cinematic Universe now. Yes, the MCU stands <laughs> for the Mia Cinematic Universe. Um, you know, like, how it's like, when you die and you get to ask your very first question, what's it going to be? Mine's going to be, yeah, why was Stan Lee in <laughs> Prince's Diaries? Can you guys guess what mine will be? Oh, Walt Disney's last words. Why was it Kurt Russell? Really, I just need to know why Kurt Russell was Walt Disney's last words. Of all things, that could be his last words. Why Kurt Russell? Because he's Kurt Russell. But Kurt Russell wasn't even the Kurt Russell we know today back then. If my he was last, just a child star. If my last words aren't like Vin Diesel, <laughs> <laughs> tell them it, it, it was. Got it. Thank you. Let that be on record. We recorded it. Okay, thank you. I'm sending this to your sister. It'll be like, here are our last words. And you play it, it'll be, Vin Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) No, it'll just be, Vin Diesel. Hang on, I'll do it dramatically. Vin Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. Oscar worthy. Thank you. A bit of a deep one, but so they're making Princess Diaries three. Julie Andrews announced last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: so both films were directed by Gary Marshall, and unfortunately, Gary Marshall is no longer with us. Does that make us worry about the third one and if it will be as good as the first two? I think if they have like a lot of the same team involved, maybe his daughter can be involved. Well, his daughter plays Charlotte, so she will be involved. But I'm saying a little bit more than just being Charlotte. That would be nice. Yeah, I would appreciate that. But I think Gary Marshall has, like, a very... He's known for, like, a typical style. The Princess Diaries, like, epitomizes. Like, those random, like, side character one-liners and things mm-hmm. are, like, a big part of Gary Marshall's style. Um, and so, like, I'm just curious to see if they will be able to capture that style for a third movie without Gary Marshall. I think the movies are so iconic now, and, like, that's what people recognize from those movies. It's not just, like, the plot, it's the entire, like, everything that makes up that movie is pretty iconic, and I think that they'll be able to at least do a decent job of 
Because they know that's what people love about them. I'm worried, though, that they don't really. I don't that. think it's going to be perfect, but I think... I trust Anne Hathaway. <laughs> and, and Julie Andrews. And Julie Andrews. But yeah, no, I really think... Because the movies are so iconic, and people know that those side characters and those one-liners are so... Like, they make the movies what they are. But yeah, I don't know. I think they'll do a good job. It may not be exactly the same as it was, but I'm still looking forward to it. I'm worried. I'm just personally worried just based on some other sequels and remakes that have been made recently that didn't really seem to capture the spirit of what the original films were all about that I'm concerned. But I'm trying to be optimistic. I think if we have a good female director who understands the first two movies. If we have the same writer back, that'd be great. Yeah, I think that there is a pretty good chance it's going to Maybe not be as good as the first two, but I think it'll do a good job of capturing that same spirit. Yeah, I think that they recognize a lot of people love these movies, and I think a lot of the people involved have a heart for these movies as well. And I also think, like, even, this is worst case scenario, even if the movie sucked, like, we have two really good movies, and this is just a bonus, so whatever comes next, I can take it or leave it, you know? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, because we weren't expecting this to ever even happen. True. True. So the fact that we're getting it. Do we have a release date? No. Great. It's like zombies too. We weren't expecting it. And so I take what I got. Exactly. And I ended up loving certain parts of it. So, you know. Okay. Last question. What is it? Do we hate it? Oh, no. No, no, no. We love it. We love it. I, yeah. I mean, I still remember going to see both of them in theaters. So clearly they made a strong impression on me even as a kid. And I was a, I mean, we all know I was a weird child, but one of my weird child things that my parents could not understand was I loved to listen to DVD commentaries. And some of the first DVD commentaries I ever listened to were for The Princess Diaries 1 and 2. And that's how I learned a lot of the weird things I know about The Princess Diaries, like how in the second movie, Julie Andrews had fresh flowers in every single scene, and she would, in between takes, just be like, pruning the flowers and cutting off dead leaves and um also the whole thing about how Gary Marshall really wanted to have a scene where a guy cuts a deviled egg with a harp but all these things I learned because I just love the Princess Diaries and I listened to the director's commentary and I was probably the only like 10 year old who ever did that I'm sure like other 10 year olds accidentally watched the commentary (laughs) and they were like who's talking okay but who other than me did it on purpose um I, yeah, but Princess Diaries, I have a lot of strong memories of Princess Diaries, and I really love them. The book series is good, too, and I highly recommend it, though they're very different. Mm. Book series doesn't have Julie Andrews. True. No, the grandma sucks in the book series. I even had, um, they had, like, a book that was, like, Princess Lessons, mm-hmm. um, and I bought that before I'd even read the book series. I just bought it after I watched the movie, and I, like, committed some of that to memory, because I wanted to be a princess so bad. Yeah. I think my appreciation for these movies came around later in life. Like, I liked them when I was a kid, but I didn't have any kind of serious attachment to them when I was younger. But then, like, now, obviously, within the past five years or so, maybe more, like, they're amazing, obviously. Would die for Julie Andrews. It's so weird, though, to think that you didn't really have an attachment with them as a child. I liked them. Like, I'd seen them and they were good, but it wasn't... 
like one of my things as a kid, but now they're some of my favorite movies ever. Jordan? I just have vivid memories. I don't really remember the first one as much, but I remember like watching the second one on like you remember how minivans got DVDs? <laughs> And yes. DVD players. Yes. That was like one of the first movies I remember watching in a car <laughs> over and over oh and over and over God. again. So shout out to my mom for like not <laughs> killing me for watching that movie over and over again. But like that's what I, when I think of that movie, I think of like being a kid and wanting to be a princess and driving around in my mom's minivan and pretending I was the lost princess while listening to Kelly Clarkson and staring out the window. Like that's, that, like it's a very nostalgic movie for me. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. I've, you know, I wanted to be a princess so bad as a kid. And that movie, I, even though I knew that it was not going to happen, I thought there was going to be some sort of lost relative that was going to be like, hey, actually, you're royalty, but nope. That was me with mermaids. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to be a princess also, but I have, was more of the mermaid thing. Yeah. Last oh. things you want to say? Mia's mom should hit up Charlie Swan. That's my last thought. I think that's the ship of dreams. I think I just did something. No. Um, I guess my last thought would just be, I don't really see what other people see in Chris Pine, but okay, whatever floats your boat, I guess. I guess my last point will be that uh, Nicholas and Mia are perfect. Well, perfect is a stretch. But they're very cute. Enemies to lovers excellence. My last thought, I'm changing, <laughs> is, yeah, what Jess said. <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up. Bye, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Bye.